welcome to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things relationships, yoga and well-being. And today my special guest is Sarah Hawkins and Sarah is the founder of Fig Food is Good Nutrition and is a nutritionist and yoga teacher specializing in gut health and disordered eating. Combining nutrition and mindfulness interventions, Sarah supports individuals to beat the bloat without cutting out more food, helping you to develop a healthy and happy relationship to food. So welcome, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Gemma. I'm really looking forward to our chat. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, because I'm really interested in nutrition as well. I don't have a qualification in it or anything, but I'm just really interested in it. So how did you kind of come about doing what you do now? Um, so I suppose it's a bit of a long story in a way, but long story short, I got into nutrition because I have a lot of background in sport. Um, so when I play Camogie, it's an Irish sport over here in Ireland. And we had nutritionists come in to speak to us about, you know, how to kind of feel, how to recover. And it was the first time I really was kind of introduced to how nutrition can support sort of your performance, like both kind of on and off the pitch. And I suppose I did home ec as well. And we did a little bit of nutrition on that. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And yeah. when I met that woman, I was like, that's a pretty cool job. I didn't really know at the time what I wanted to do. And I was like, maybe I'll look into doing something like that. So um, long story short, I ended up studying in the UK and I suffered a lot with digestive issues myself. Kind of always did over the years when I was a kid, if I was worried or anxious about something, I get a tummy ache. Um, and then I kind of, when I moved, it got really bad. And I went down the route of all the different elimination diets, low FODMAP diets, any way to find some sort of relief. And it seemed like the more food I cut out, the worse my symptoms got. And that caused a lot of stress, which actually caused more issues in my gut. And it was this like never ending cycle. And thankfully, I was studying a degree in nutrition. So I was able to do the research, figure it all out and then found my way out um, through bringing more food in um, work on the stress management tools. I found yoga, which was a huge game changer for me. And um, then when I start kind of one to one work, I was really interested in the gut health sort of space. And I started noticing really similar teams with people where anytime we looked at changing foods around like you know maybe t cutting this out or changing this it just had no impact and it was when we looked at stress management tools bringing in mindfulness sort of things that's where the big change happened so yeah. on the long route of the kind of personal experience what I've seen one-to-one -one clients the research as well as now really kind of looking into this area and it's just an area I find so helpful to people, myself, and I'm just really passionate about. So that's where we got the food is good is we're trying to look at removing the restrictive dieting patterns, taking out foods and looking at enhancing the diet, changing that mindset from food fears to actually food supports me. And um, yeah, that's kind of my approach to 
Wow, that's really cool, actually. That's amazing. And also, I think as well, a lot of people now, uh, well, I don't know about the companies. I've heard that a lot of people are now going vegan. I did try it last year because I'm healing my pelvis. I thought I'd give it a go, but I noticed it wasn't really working. And that because of being a yoga teacher and same as you, you kind of need you need that protein. And I needed it again. But then I kind of dropped out dairy and dairy was my inflammation. And, and I kind of say to people, well, it's entirely up to you, what you do, what you eat uh, and whatever it is, but what works for you might not work for me or what works for me might not work for you. So I suppose it's a trial and error thing as well. Yeah, I think that's the key there when it comes to nutrition, the trial and error, particularly with digestive issues, there is a lot of trial and error you're looking at diet like there will be a case of looking at are there any dietary triggers and sometimes there are for some people there's absolutely no dietary triggers so obviously we have to look into that to see okay can we see any crossovers any foods that might be triggering things when things are more kind of difficult or on those same days how's your mood how's your stress levels how have you slept all that sort of thing but as you said like it is a lot of trial and error you might try something doesn't work okay let's bring that back in try something else i think the key with nutrition as well whether you're looking at digestive issues disordered eating vegan eating vegetarianism sports nutrition fertility whatever you want whatever the goal is the main thing is to look at the individual and their needs and their goals so like you said it's very individual we all have different commitments day to day some people are parents some people are busy um you know, business owners, some people are working night shifts. So it's really important to ensure that whatever approach we're taking, it suits their lifestyle and their day-to-day -day activities to ensure that they're getting enough nutrients and uh, whatever about, you know, goals or ethical practices and things like that. It's really important to suit whatever it is to that individual because you could have five people in front of you who might be suffering with digestive issues and every single person could be different. So yeah, it's really important to take that individualized approach and remember that whether you are a nutritionist or not, if you've got an interest in nutrition, it's always looking at, well, what is my goal? Is that going to be the same as that individual? If not, then, you know, my my goals are going to be different and, and that's okay. And what might work for me might not work for that individual and could cause harm to that individual or might in, impact them in terms of nutrient intake, things like that. So a lot of time we might be reading things online and say, okay, so for example, dairy, online there's always something about dairy causing digestive issues and for me I find actually maybe that's a key protein source for me and it mightn't actually be a trigger so removing dairy for one person might actually do more harm than than good for another person so again it depends a lot on the individual but we I know a lot of people I speak to they get really confused online that one person says this like keto is yeah. the best or um, vegetarianism is the best and um, it always comes back to, well, what is a goal and what are your individual circumstances? Because this gen generic advice, while it gives information about different themes or options, every single person is different and what what will work for one person might not work for the other. So always keeping that in mind is like, okay, well, what am I reading? What is my goal? Does this align with my goals, my values? And if not, then maybe, maybe this confusing information is something to just leave to the side and look elsewhere yeah no that's so true and i think as well when i did do veganism for about i don't know six months i suppose i actually noticed that my gut health was awful because it took so much longer for the 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 pulses like the 
what do we have beans quite a lot of beans like kidney beans um black beans white beans all of those kind of beans it took a lot longer to process in my body than the meat would have done and actually i read quite a bit on that and that didn't put me off that that wasn't the changing factor it was just that i was trying to move through i've got hip dysplasia and i was i'm trying to heal it myself instead of having an operation and it's working which is amazing but yeah it's it's really weird like i went into this and i was like yeah i'm going to research it like a lot of people do or should do research kind of things and get different things from different people um but then yeah i found so much bloating even though i was eat, uh, drinking water and then when i switched back to meat again like i would only have organic meat it's it completely changed i'm thinking wow it's really different like how it changes but then also you can be bloated through um like when you're during your period and stuff like that so different environmental factors will change it as well Definitely. And I think that's such a really interesting point to bring up and a perfect example of that individualized um, experience to, to, you know, trialing something. Some people, when it comes to veganism, vegetarianism, some people see a huge improvement in, say, digestive issues or their overall health, mainly because they're eating more vegetables, they're getting more whole grains, that sort of thing to maybe if they weren't, if they weren't as health conscious, for example, at baseline, they might be eating kind of less vegetables maybe more kind of processed foods might be more stressed those sort of things whereas like you and this is something I experienced as well when I tried maybe more vegetarian plant-based diet it really didn't suit me because my digestive system is a little bit more sensitive so different types of fiber um can be more difficult for some people to process sometimes too high a fiber intake can be too much for people so again it comes back to that individualized base that maybe in terms of if, for example, I know yours is for um, a health concern, but if somebody wanted to go down that route for whatever um, ethical reasons, environmental reasons, that sort of thing, maybe a more plant-based flexitarian approach might suit their, their digestive system better than full-blown kind of veganism or their health overall. So yeah, it's, it's that like being able to identify what works for your body and then being able to be flexible with that. I think we can get really rigid with like, okay, this is my this is my, you know, ethical approach. This is my environmental approach. But again, it's like, well, if it's making you feel not so good, then maybe we can look at other aspects of, of approaching that. So, so yeah, that's a really yeah. good example of, of how <laughs> sometimes veganism doesn't suit people. And that's okay because there's lots of other ways of working around that or maybe looking at different fiber types or alternating protein sources on a veggie diet to ease that sort of digestive discomfort. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, a lot of people don't have like nutrition is a massive subject and it's yeah. so interesting but you go into it thinking blimey I don't know where to start what to do how do I even know what complex carbohydrates are or the macros like counting macros and people at the gym will say oh I'm counting macros where would you start <laughs> yeah so for me I suppose at this age I'm sort of like you know eight years in so and then I had the previous experience before my um, degree in that. So I think the main thing is to start as basic as possible. What tends to happen with individuals when they go down the route of nutrition, generally we come to nutrition for various reasons. It might be a case of maybe like that there's an illness or maybe you have um, digestive issues or fertility issues or um issues with menstrual cycle lots of different things maybe men might go down the route if they start going into the gym same with females obviously but generally there's like a reason why we fall into the nutrition world like and sometimes it comes from a place of feeling uncomfortable or unwell or whatever so 
that's where it can get really confusing because we might go into it feeling in not a not so good place and we're so desperate to find like the answer to kind of cure what's going on for us and my approach would be like really just focus on the simplest simplest kind of approach because there's a lot of really you know overhyped things online and it's generally the more extreme approaches that we tend to go for mainly because we as humans like the extreme we don't like simple things we like to see quick change like that that's just how our brain is kind of wired whereas it's the simple things that kind of make a big difference so that might look like okay let's look at adding an extra serving of fruit and veg each day really boring but really really beneficial really helpful maybe looking at do I have a source of protein at each meal for example particularly if we're active in the gym or for whatever reason so do I have a source of protein like yogurt at my breakfast or if you're not eating yogurt like eggs whatever whatever you have am I getting a source of protein at my um my lunches am I getting a source of protein at my dinner am I getting snacks in between I'd say the first my first line of action would always be making sure that you're eating regular meals making sure that you're supporting your energy needs that you're supporting hunger sensations that you're getting all those nutrients in so looking more about adding in rather than taking away a lot of the time we like to look at low carb approaches ketogenic approaches veganism um cutting out fats and it's always about removing something when actually if we look at enhancing it can support energy levels support nutrient intake helps us feel better then we've got more energy to do the things that we need to look after and um, so in terms of say like going to the gym we've got more energy to do more sets or or um go a little bit longer in our sessions if we're looking at supporting an illness or an injury we've got the energy again to to look after ourselves explore more kind of options speak to different people to help us with that um so i look at focusing on adding in and go really small start basic starting small and doing that over time again we look quick fixes <laughs> time is going to give you the biggest results at the end of that time frame say three six months you'll see a huge difference but um focus on the simple things adding extra veg looking at whole grains protein intake water like really simple but so effective yeah it is and i say to my clients as well like with the yoga and relationship stuff and you probably do you wouldn't fill your car up with like the cheapest cheapest you might but <laughs> but it won't run very well so the more the go with foods that are to your budget and like the higher end of your budget because then you will then fuel fuel your body better and is that kind of like a good analogy uh, I think the fueling the car is a really good analogy like if you think about I work with a lot of people with restrictive eating patterns so the the car fuel is a great analogy where if you think about let's say um I wanted to drive from Dublin to the UK and I need to get on a boat so that's going to be maybe what 12 hour round trip journey I'm not going to fill the car up like a quarter of the way because I know I won't get that far I'm not going to get past outside of Dublin for example I'm based in Dublin and the car is going to stop I'm going to see that fuel like dinging and dinging and dinging until I stop and refill whereas if we think about that in terms of a person if we think of that fuel like like our hunger sensation so a lot of people like to maybe unintentionally might not notice their hunger sensations or they might ignore their hunger sensations based on various diets that they've approached or maybe just being busy and distracted and the more we ignore those hunger sensations maybe a little bit of tiredness or lethargy maybe poor concentration then that might develop into a little bits of growling sensation in the tummy then all of a sudden we're feeling empty then we're about to punch anybody who walks past and then we're about to <laughs> because we're so tired so if we think about that in terms of the car if you only fuel the car up a quarter 
of the way for that long journey if you think about yourself well okay I am me at baseline I'm not very active let's say for example I want to start going to the gym I want to start eating more healthily a lot of people associate eating more healthy with eating less but if we think about well I'm actually going to be moving more that journey that the car is making is like going to the gym where we're expending more energy we need more energy to get ourselves through that so if we start looking at filling up the tank ensuring that we're getting those nice nutrient dense foods nice regular intake of food that's going to enhance that experience that's going to make that journey go a little bit longer and we're going to feel better overall and when I talk about you know nutrient dense foods I think there's always a place for maybe the less nutrient dense foods like you know the tasty foods that make us feel good that we enjoy and it's really important to ensure that we're allowing ourselves to have those as well, because that's what brings us out socially. It helps us to, you know, they taste good. And you're, again, removing that restriction, which is just overall good for our mental health and well-being. Yeah, that's really true. Now we are going to go to a short break. See you the other side. Hey, hey. I just wanted to share with you that I am now an ambassador for Toby Gifts and they are an incredible company who do coconut bowls, upcycled rice bags, recycled plastic notebooks in the form of elephant dung paper, yes you heard that right, coconut spoons and bamboo straws and Toby Gifts is an incredible company owned by English entrepreneur Hannah Hodson and she wanted to build an ethical fair trade and socially responsible business selling coconut and smoothie bowls to the UK and it was founded with a triple bottom line philosophy where people and planet are just as important as profit. The team established partnerships with many different groups in Sri Lanka to build a brighter future for their local communities and it is such a lovely company to work for. They're fair trade, they have the ability to directly change lives as well as our ever-present sense of evolving environmental changes help us to keep focus on making the world a better place. So you can get a discount with tovigifts.com. Go to tovigifts.com and in the checkout put Yogi Gemma 10 for a 10% discount and go ahead and find out more about them because they are an incredible company and I absolutely love them. The coconut bowls are so beautiful. The the children really love them. They also love the the straws as well. It's just oh I just love it so so much. And actually I'm using the notebooks for all of my clients as well. So yes, go and have a look. It's tovygifts.com and use Yogi Gemma 10 at the checkout for your wonderful discounts and I think as well a lot of people will restrict like the people that you work at that the people that you work with restrict their diets but it can become something else as in like it might be hiding something like in through, through childhood childhood trauma or like an eating disorder not disorder that's the wrong word but kind of things like that have you found that yeah, that's that's a good point. I think any form restrictive kind of eating patterns or um disordered eating, there's lots of different aspects that might trigger that. So generally people might go down that route in terms of maybe they might start some sort of diet plan. Again, for whatever reason, it could be to do with weight loss, it could be to do with digestive issues, it could be to do with whatever you have. Um so that's where that can generally kind of start. And then we also have a lot of outside factors like media, social media, family, people around us who like talk about different diets that they're on, different things like that. So we see, generally, we see the 
the kind of thin ideal is our our desired body I suppose so everybody's always going to be pro like going towards that now within that as well you can often have other factors so it could be a case of I feel like I'll be better in this smaller body because I might have low self-worth maybe I've experienced a trauma maybe I have um other aspects of my life that I feel out of control around and this is a great way to gain back some control so say um for example the pandemic was a big time where maybe there's a lot of dieting practices or restrictive eating going on eating disorders went up because there's so much out of our control and this is one way to to gain some more control so over exercising under eating um that sort of thing so that's a really really broad area but um but yeah there can be lots of different factors that might drive us to kind of restrict our eating patterns uh some can be as simple as like i said digestive issues or wanting to lose a little bit of weight or others could be driven by trying to regain con- control in some way based on a trauma or a past experience so yeah it will depend on the individual quite a bit and again there's kind of that that just that kind of eating spectrum so you've got eating disorders disordered eating and then kind of normalized eating will be on the inside so everyone will kind of vary between different levels on that scale and depending on different times of our lives as well we might go down the scale or up the scale that sort of thing um so yeah I, I think yeah. I yeah no that's good yeah and with digestive issues digestive well the digestive tract it's so complex is it that when you're stressed you can then get IBS or you can then eat something different and you haven't had that before and then you get that as well but mainly do you find that it is stress related generally for the people I see stress tends to be a huge trigger um so if we think about the digestive system and IBS so IBS irritable bowel syndrome is actually a disorder and it's now classed as a disorder of the gut brain axis so the gut brain axis if we put it really really simply is a communication link between the gut and the brain and they're constantly in communication so the brain will send messages like okay it's time to to eat get the digestive system ready get the juices going this meal's coming in and then the gut might say okay hi brain just want to let you know I'm full here let's stop eating so those kind of communications are going all the time with with yoga and like mindfulness have you kind of found a well, that's like a coping mechanism for people that are stressed and then they find that their nutrition is better. So in terms of the mindfulness aspect, so we touched on the gut brain axis there and what helps mindfulness can be so helpful because it kind of targets that gut brain axis directly. So when we practice mindfulness, we're coming into the present moment, we're focusing on coming into our bodies and we're slowing down slowing everything down and targeting our um, nervous system. So in digestive issues, the nervous system and stress response can also play a, a massive role. So if we think about, we go back to the caveman days, we have this fight or flight response or stress response. And some of your listeners might be familiar with this if they're into yoga and that sort of thing, because we talk about it a lot in yoga. Um, but the stress response is basically an evolutionary response to a perceived threat to our life. So back in our caveman days, that could be something like... Um, uh, a predator coming at us it could be a lack of food it could be um just anything that we our body or brain perceives as a threat to our survival so in this moment our brain through our eyesight sees or sound sees that okay something here is about to potentially kill me so i need to get out of here asap so basically our brain will release a, 
a range of hormones like your cortisol or adrenaline to prepare the body for a fight or flight situation. So if we want to fight, we want to be nice and strong. So we have all our energy is directed to the working muscles. Our muscles get tighter. We get nice and strong. Our breathing rate increases. So you might have that short and shallow breath that we often talk about in yoga. Heart rate increases. So you start might feel that kind of heart palpitations for some people. And that's basically just ensuring that our arms and our legs and everything we need in that moment can either fight this potential threat or get us out of that situation really, really quick. So in a normal situation back those days, I suppose, this would be a short-term response. As soon as we get back to safety, our body identifies, okay, we're safe, everything's fine. And then that stress response is shut off. Everything comes back to normal. Breathing rate comes down, heart rates comes down, and that kind of rest and digestate comes back to normal. So in terms of digestion, how that impacts how we digest our food in that moment where we are in or you know faced with this stressor our body's like I don't really need to digest food right now I really need to save that energy for this moment so blood is going to be directed away from the digestive system digestive processes are essentially kind of paired off so the production of say digestive juices and enzymes are going to be halted any food in the digestive system if we've got any sort of waste products down the lower end of the digestive system might be released so that's often why you might notice when you're nervous or something you're running to the toilet because your body's like ah I'm stressed we need to become lighter so you can get away or fight so you might notice kind of our bells opening might notice a little bit of bloating that sort of thing so then when we get back to the rest and digest everything comes back to normal and our digestive system starts working at a normal rate once again obviously now we don't really tend to be faced with like lions or tigers or predators or that sort of thing I don't know if you'd even get that in um, <laughs> or Ireland or whatever but um these days our stressors can be a lot more varied so it could be a case of maybe financial stress it could be relationship stress it could be work-related stress lots of different things and sometimes these can all come at once so we might have loads of different like predators coming at us at all different directions which kind of can keep us in this constant state of fight or flight so when we're in this constant state of fight or flight that can sometimes impact our digestive system in a case where digestive system is not really working at its full capacity because your brain thinks that it needs to get you out of this situation so that can be where things like loose stools can come quite a bit we might more bloating we might have more constipation simply because we're not working at that optimal rate so when we think about mindfulness, mindfulness helps to target that gut brain axis. It takes us out of that fight or flight response, slows everything down, makes us feel that a little bit more calm. And then we start to see, okay, our digestive system is now going to come back to normal because everything is in that rest and digest state. And we have let go of those stressors, brought ourselves back to our body, and then things can make a big difference there. So that would be in, in the case of, say, like breath work, yoga, meditation journaling mindful walking painting anything that feels good to you and then in terms of the yoga side of things we also have the physical aspect of that where we're targeting the gut muscles and stimulating that gut motility helping to keep things moving along so that's really good for things like your constipation bloating um hydrophastules gas that sort of thing so we've kind of got two two-pronged approach i suppose with yoga but then if yoga is not your thing things like those few things that i just listed there can be really a really nice way of bringing some mindfulness in as as part of say any food related changes that you might need to make yeah and they do run alongside well with each other definitely like mindfulness and nutrition it's incredible it really is incredible and how did you kind of get into the yoga side of it was that just like because you thought oh yeah this sounds this looks good i want to try it (laughs) 
So yeah, I actually, when I look back, I kind of love this story. So I, when I graduated from my degree, I worked in hospitality for two years. So I was managing a pub. And so on reflection, I didn't really realize at the time because I was young and I kind of had the energy to do it. Like I was wrecked all the time. I was stressed. <laughs> like I was on my feet. Like it was, an, it was a kind of touristy old man kind of pub. It wasn't like a real, you know, late night kind of pub, but my I'd be going maybe from night shifts onto morning shifts, morning shifts onto night shifts. I had no real routine. And while my nutrition was really good, I kind of kept well with, with my eating. It was more the kind of sleeping pattern, which wasn't so good, being on my feet all day. With it, there did come like a lot of stress. You might have people um, giving out whatever, some of the regulars just being grumpy yeah. or looking after kind of staff and different things like that. So um, I would have maybe a low, not a low tolerance to stress, but I could get stressed quite easily. So um, I found it quite hard to, I've always kind of been into fitness and the gym and that, but I found it really hard to maintain going to the gym while being in that sort of a job, which was somewhat active, just being on my feet all day and then kind of the the poor sleep. So one of the days, one of my friends was like, oh, I heard of this yoga class down the road. Do you want to give it a go? I was like, yeah, why not? I think I tried yoga once before. Didn't really, the teacher and the style wasn't for me at that time, but at this time I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. I remember just walking out and I was like, you know that like yoga kind of stone feeling you get off after your first class I was like oh yeah that was good so <laughs> I felt like really like really that relaxed state I didn't realize I was I must have been in that kind of stress cycle for so long and then I walked out I was like yeah that was really good so then I just was like oh sure I'll keep this up and it's a good way to keep moving a different form of moving because I'm on my feet all day keep kind of stretching out because I had kind of some injuries in that same year so I needed to kind of get find a way to keep moving to strengthen my body up and that sort of way and then I kind of I think it was maybe about six months in I kind of noticed hmm, my digestion seems bad <laughs> <laughs> I used to get really bad bloating and I was like oh this has improved quite a bit and um so yeah so then I kind of was really interested and then I think I came across some paper or something which kind of drove me to look into the research side of side of it and um, then I was like, oh, my God, I've experienced this anecdotally. And obviously, even my practice is evidence-based. So you always have to look into the science. And it's still quite early in terms of the research in, in terms of yoga for digestion, that sort of thing. I came across this paper. Still remember it, 2018. It was comparing the use of yoga alongside the use of the low FODMAP diet, which would be the kind of gold standard, I suppose, for, for IBS. And it showed that yoga twice a week over, was it a 12 week period, I think, was as effective at reducing digestive issues as a low FODMAP diet. Wow. So one simple study, very small cohort of people, but again, really interesting area, which is starting to expand quite a bit now. But I was like, this is amazing. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to keep looking into this. So I had my own experience and we can only go so far with your own experience. You need to stick with the research some anecdotal can be helpful but when I then started to see it in some of my clients that I was kind of doing on the side of the pub I was like okay there's a lot of stress here these people are trying these things slight improvement and I was like there has to be something here so I just kind of kept going down here kept reading kept reading kept researching and now I'm at a place where I I kind of had this plan to to do this workshop where I get a yoga teacher we do the nutrition and then COVID happened and that didn't happen so I end up then training kind of more for myself yeah now I've kind of brought it into my practice and it's just been a real game changer so um yeah started as a personal experience 
then the research came and now it's just making such a difference to people yeah. it really does and I find that as well when someone comes into my class and be like oh I really feel bloated today and then we do like spinal twists or we'll do happy baby because you're kind of squashing your tummy you're squashing your gut and actually I find and then they, they're fine after that but I find if I get like trapped wind if i do a headstand now a lot more a lot of people can't do headstands so that's fine so you don't have to do that but for me if i invert myself it like tips me upside down and then all my intestines go everywhere and then they're like ah i can release so yeah that kind of helps me but if you can do a headstand and you do that try it <laughs> yeah even just legs up the wall can be yes legs up good because it kind of again targets that um gut brain axis and that reduces the stress response again so that that one's a game changer for a lot of people as well yeah. I personally love that one too but but yeah if you can't do a headstand <laughs> that's, that's as good really but yeah, yeah. amazing when you feel it for yourself as well you're like oh, I have to share this with everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what are two takeaway points from today's conversation I think number one whether you're a digestive health kind of person who struggles with issues or you are just somebody who's interested in nutrition, always remember that there is a lot of information online, but always ask yourself, is this relevant to me? Is this relevant to my goals? If you ever feel confused or frustrated, bring it back to yourself. What are my goals? Is this relevant? If it's not, let's look elsewhere. Um, and then the second one would be, if you do suffer with digestive issues, food plays a massive role, but also look into other aspects. Think about how is your sleep? How is your stress? How are you moving? and look at those three areas if they feel all good maybe it is a food if you haven't looked into those areas and food changes haven't helped that's definitely an area to look into particularly mindfulness will be a really big game changer there oh perfect thank you and where can we find you what's your website or your social media channels so my website is www.fignutrition.ie and I'm most active on Instagram, so you can find me at, at f.i.g underscore nutrition underscore. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Really learned so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. It means the world to me and my heart is so full of gratitude right now. If you are feeling pulled to, I would love you to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're called, or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, whichever platform you are on. Leave a review, even do a five-star uh, rating if you fancy it and yes go and follow me over on instagram at gemma.haley.niece or i'm on linkedin as gemma niece so thank you so so much for being here and always reach out to me i'm always have my dms open as again instagram at gemma.haley.niece or linkedin or go on my website which is www.gemmaniece.com so thank you so much and i will see you again next week